Hey there, welcome to Leading with Grace, the podcast for women going through separation and divorce. Here I get to share with you principles and tools that will help you to create a revelatory relationship with God so that you can navigate your own separation and divorce with greater peace, confidence, and love for yourself. All right, everyone, welcome back to Leading with Grace. I am so excited to have um, this particular guest um, talk to us today about um, something that I heard her talk about on the LDS Life Coach Directory podcast with Heather Rackham. And when I when I heard this um, interview, I just knew it was something that I wanted to share with my audience. And and with women in general, because I think that she has such a profound and impactful message to all of us. And, and so I want to all introduce you to coach Jody Long, and I'm going to have you, um, I'm going to have her introduce herself as to who she coaches and, um, and what we're going to be talking about today. So hi, Hello. Jody. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so- totally. I am not a period coach. There are period coaches, though, by the way, which is really (laughs) fascinating. Excuse me, job. But I focus on spiritually minded women um, of various faiths, but tend to have a faith is a big part of their life, whether it was past, present, or they're kind of figuring things out, right? Do they want to leave or stay? Faith is a part of their lives. And I specialize in overwhelm. And a lot of my clients have ADHD as well, because those two go hand in hand. So I coach pretty much any woman, but that's the majority of my clients. Um, what else do you want to know? So, all right. So in this, um, in this most recent um, interview that you did with Heather Rackham, it was actually last year, you were talking about the menstrual cycle and how we can, you like, how this can be challenging for any woman going through overwhelm, whether you have ADHD or not. And especially with women going through separation and divorce, I mean, it can be so easy to wake up to overwhelm, go through the day in overwhelm, go to bed in overwhelm. Right. And the last thing that we want to deal with is our, our period. And so I, as I was listening to your message about, um, how we can use this to our advantage. I just, I love that different angle that you were talking about. So can you talk about that and how, how you just came to this aha moment? Yeah, I actually, and I, th- I think it is highly applicable to your clientele because I can yeah. only imagine what that, that overwhelm is like, you know, all these responsibilities, feeling like you're alone. Um, and I, but I think it's applicable to most people. Um, for example, everyone has or knows someone who has a period, right? Whether it be your sister, your mother, well, and your wife or partner or whatever. So it really affects not only women, but their families and society as a whole. So it's not just about period. It's about being aware of how our cycles can benefit our lives as individuals, families, and societies. Because if you think about it, when do you think someone had their for when what was the first period that ever happened on the planet? It would most likely be Eve, the first woman. Yeah, and the it's very first woman. I, I, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and 
And it's so amazing to me that we live in a society where it's still taboo. We're like we're sending people. Well, we sent people to the moon a long time ago. Now we're sending people into space and it's soon going to be something you can pay to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just got an electric car not that long ago and it is awesome. It's super cool. But yeah, but the thing that has been happening since the beginning of like humankind is still taboo. Yeah. And even us as women perpetuate it, not intentionally, but like we make it light of it or we kind of um, make fun of it. And it's just so fascinating to me that that's something that's just a big part of our lives. A pro- a, I think on average, a woman has 40 years of her life with a period. Yeah. That's a lot. That is. So I think um, it was actually, I believe, on Jenna Kutcher's podcast. I heard her interviewing someone about periods and that kind of just triggered me. I'm like, why have I never thought about how I can use this information to benefit me? Because we all know it affects us a great deal. Yeah. Physical, yeah. mental, emotional ramifications that come along with this cycle. But if you think about the way, at least here in the United States and in a lot of uh, modern you know, countries, we are set up to kind of be like nine to five working. You do the same thing Monday through Friday, and then you have kind of your own routine for the weekends too, but it's supposed to look the same. Mm. Right. And I think it's a subconscious expectation that we have because um, intellectually we can understand that maybe we could switch that up a little bit, but we don't because there's a subconscious expectation. You suck or you're, you're not very good. If you're inconsistent from one week to the next, but that's what makes sense to a woman. And I don't say this to be like um, ultra against men. That's not what it is. But society was clearly not set up by a woman the way this is set up. And this has really detrimental effects to a woman because of all the expectations we already have from society, from church culture. We have this constant expectation that we should be this perform the same every day. And it's just, if you take a step back and you kind of go up on this hill of curiosity and you're looking down at your life and you take it from not just week by week, but you kind of look at it month by month, there is consistency, but it's cyclical. And even, you know, I recognize that women have hysterectomies, women have erratic periods, some women don't have periods, some people have endometriosis. I have five sisters, no brothers, so (laughs) I've seen, you know, women, all kinds of things. So, um, but if we can take that information just to make our lives a little bit easier, why are we not doing that? Why isn't everybody, and why aren't we teaching that to our, our girls right away? Yeah. So that they're, they understand. Here's this amazing information you can use to make your life better. Yeah. Well, let's let's stay. Let's take a step back because I love what you said about um, having some expectation, external and even internal, that we should be the same. We should be consistent. Okay. So, talk to me about that. Like, why? Why are we adopting this expectation of consistency? And you know, how, how can this be a benefit, but how can this also be detrimental? Right. So like I said, I mean, it's just, you know, we're born into this world. We're born with specific genes and specific environments. One of the environments us in the United States and, and everybody across the world has their own environment, a societal, societal expectation they're born into. 
And it doesn't have to be someone directly saying you need to be the same every single day. But what I see in my clients is them coming to me, for instance, and being like, oh, I started on my goal and I was doing so good this week and I stuck with it this week. And this week I just could not make myself do it. Mm. And they'll stop. They'll stop trying. They, their brain tells them you are not a consistent person. But what if they were like, it makes sense that this week I was highly motivated because I was at this place in my cycle. And this week it was a little rough, but I could, I could make myself do it. And I recognize that that's the same every month. And then this month, this week of my cycle, usually I'm really depressed. Uh, My brain is just busier and telling me all these negative things. And I hurt when someone's hurt. What do you do for them? You compassion and you take care of them. Yeah. And you see, and you don't have the same expectations. Yeah. And it's like women need so much. They have to like earn their downtime or earn self-care. That's another thing we've been taught. But oh, if you know that this so week good. I'm going to take care of myself. Oh, yeah. this is the week where instead of this is the week where I'm really, really sad and angry, which should be acknowledged as well. Yeah. Oh, this is the week I have to, I, I take extra care of myself. I get the pedicure or I have a foot bath or I buy, you know, a bath pillow. That was, that's kind of weird, but that was on the top of my mind. I just bought a <laughs> bath pillow. That's like the whole length of the tub. Okay. Anyway, so get one of those or anything that, and, and here's something I want all women to know. Tell your kids, Oh no, it's mom's self-care week. Yeah. Can you bring me my drink? Can you bring yeah. me women have a hard time doing that, but that kids so love their moms. True. I know. Yeah. And okay. And as you're telling me this, I am like thinking about like my, mm-hmm. my quote unquote cycle. And I'm not just talking about like my menstrual cycle. That's when you hit 40 somewhat, it does weird things. Mine is just weird. You guys, I'm just putting yeah. it out. No, there. I'm, I'm, I'm hit, <laughs> I hit 40 this in May and I'm yeah, I'm starting to experience that. It's interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's well, now I hit 50 and I'm just like, yeah, it's still weird. But okay, but this is what I realized, like the whole culture of consistency. It's like, okay, one week I'm totally on my business, right? Like I'm like checking things off my to-do list. I'm getting things done. I've got, I've accomplished stuff. And then the next week, it's like, where did that go? I'm yes. like, where did that drive go? And then, but then- so like what's going on in my brain is like, okay, as I look back, I'm like, okay, so this problem came up. I had to deal with insurance on this one. And then the car got totaled. And then I needed to like sign this, send this off to UPS, get all this done. And yet I'm still thinking, but I should still be producing like last week. Like this is kind yes. of like what's coming to me. Yeah. And so now as you're talking and I'm listening to you, I'm just like, why am I buying into the fact that each week should look exactly the same. Like sometimes there's one week where it's all family, it's all kids, it's all like home stuff. Like, can I give myself some room to like go through that cycle, right? Yes, that's the bigger lesson. You nailed it. Yeah. It's like, because people are like, well, I'm male, I don't have a cycle or I don't have a cycle anymore or mine's erratic. Yeah. The message is this, as you reflect back, mm-hmm. if you, what you have a lot of proof of is that you always get yourself back together and get back on track when you can't. 
And so if we have yeah. this thought in our back pocket all the time that it's like, one of my favorite thoughts is this makes sense that this is happening. If you have the thought like this makes sense because I had all these additional things. Yeah. And I'm really proud of myself for dealing with it. And I need self-care now. Yes. But yes. which brings into um, play that other belief that we have to earn our yes. um, downtime. Oh and you absolutely do not. I like to think of, uh, right. I sometimes call it righteous rebellion or um, positive rebellion, which is, a woman taking control of her life and being like, I am just going to shamelessly take care of myself. Because if you think about like this really occurred to me and this is applicable, I believe that my oldest is uh, a girl. I have a daughter who just started college and two boys. And one day I was looking at her and I just had this thought when she's a mom, do I want her to have to earn self-care do I want her to have to earn oh um gosh. fun and joy yes. and I was like no and who's she gonna learn that from <gasps> and oh my so gosh. yes and so like when I find myself maybe laying and reading for hours then I'm like oh, I'm so proud of myself you don't I need know. to do anything else none of that matters none of it and and I, when I started practicing doing this with myself, which of course I still have a hard time with it sometimes yeah, is yeah. Um, I'll, when I first started doing this, my kids were younger. I would say, Oh, mommy's not taking good care of herself. It's time, time to have some self care. And I would make it kind of obvious. Right. And they would sit with me or whatever, because I had to have it like, then it could form a new neural pathway in my brain easier the more I'm vocalizing it the more I'm doing it if it just stays yes. in my head yeah so yeah I think that's one of the messages of this whole menstrual cycle thing is can you stand back and say why am I not taking care of myself yeah and I'm gonna I'm gonna practice I think all what I tell my clients all the time is this human experience is an experiment be a social scientist and step back and be like what I wonder if I could just locate or identify times where I need more self-care. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to someone else? Right. We say that a lot. Yes. Like, yeah. So that's, that's one of the many things that I think is applicable. Oh, I love that. And I love how you're modeling that for your daughter. And what also came up for me is that I have two daughters, um, 17 and 13, I think. And, and there are times where I think, they should be doing homework. They should be doing something productive, mm -hmm. but just, but I don't, I don't like, I think it, but I don't really verbalize it. And so just mm -hmm. hearing you, I'm just like, wait a minute. I want mm -hmm. them to give themselves permission. Actually, I don't even want them to think they have to give themselves permission to just give themselves a break. Like that's just actually a natural part yes. of their life that maybe we didn't grow up with, you know, mm -hmm. but now this generation is like, you know, they have their homework time. And then when they're done, they can do their own screen time or do whatever they want. But it's, it's, yeah, they're just taking care of like their own needs, you know, exactly. I just, I'm just, that's kind of like blowing my mind right now. It's like, oh my gosh, it's interesting how the internal expectations that I have, that I am, you know, recognizing and breaking, sure. I am somehow still putting that onto my daughter's. Yes, but you're breaking so, it. Right? Yeah. And so I'm like, kind of like, like pulling, you know, now I'm just like 
stepping back and like, okay, what's really going on? Can I just slow down and accept? Yeah. Just my life as, as what it is. I have a tip for that. If okay. it might help someone who's listening, it helped me. Oh, I no, know no, it no. will. Right? That's why you're okay. here. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know, maybe it was Brooke Castillo. I don't remember who it was, but a long time ago, um, she shared a story that she and her husband were driving and he's like, I really hope the kids cleaned up the house while we were gone. She's like, why are you, why are you hoping that? <laughs> like, it's probably not going to happen. They're teenagers. And it just occurred to me. So like when your brain is going to, um, or I started doing this when I would notice, I think my kids should be doing something, but then I, my intellectual brain would say they're kids, let them be kids. Right. Yeah. I would say out loud when I, especially when I was frustrated that they were doing something, making a mess or whatever, I'd say, what are you five years old? And it just reminded me they're five years old or I, and I still do that. Like if my 12 year old or my 16 year old's doing something um, like the other day, they I told him like a million times to wash the dishes. And I was like, what are you 16? And it just <laughs> reminds me in my mind, they're 16. Their kids don't take away their, you know, be patient. This yeah. is exactly what they're supposed to do. So, yeah, well, I that's love something that. I do. That's so, so good. It's just to remind, just to remember for me, they're just kids. Like there'll be a time and a place where, Hey, they'll get their own place doing their own laundry. If they want doing their own dishes, if they want. And I, I don't have to be there. It's all good. So I love that. Yeah. I I exactly. love like I don't know I don't know about my read about, about my listeners but I personally am just having a lot of shifts in my thinking and just um really like taking the observer point of view like you said kind of going up on the hill and just looking down with curiosity as a social scientist as to like my own cycle um not only like what happens during my menstrual cycle but just my life in general, like one week I'll be on with my business. Another mm -hmm. week, it's going to be like all family, like things will happen from, that I need to take care of another week. It might be back to business. Like, and like, can I just accept that that's just my life? And there's no shame in that because like right. my, my uh, knee jerk reaction is I didn't produce. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you were saying, like, we have to earn our like downtime. Yeah. And, um, and I was talking to Jody um, before before this call about this book that I read called The Red Tent by Anita Diamant, I think. I'm not sure how you yeah. say that. So um, it's a super quick, easy read. If you haven't read it, it is really a fascinating take on the biblical story of Dinah, who was the only recorded daughter of Jacob and Leah. And they talk about the red tent, which is what the book is called. And what the red tent was, it was a tent. I don't know if it was you know, and again, this is not historically accurate, but whenever the woman, um, and this is specifically just talking about, uh, the family of Jacob, when the women were going through the menstrual cycle, they would go into the red tent. And of course to the men, it's like taboo, right? Like they want nothing to do with blood, but for the woman, it was such a relief because they got relief from cooking for the men and all the kids. <laughs> they got relief from child care and child rearing. They got relief from cleaning from any and all the chores. They just were in the tent for seven days. Major self-care. I know like major self-care. And even though this might not be historically accurate, I just wonder if we need to really consider creating our own 
individual red tent sanctuary yes. when we are going through our menstrual cycle. I love that right? so much. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And I that is amazing. I didn't even know this book existed. But like I said, I have five sisters and it just makes me visualize like your own little tribe of validation and story sharing and comfort. And I don't know what it was like, like you said, but yeah. can we create that for ourselves and with, you know, unabashedly? And, and um, I think we can. And I, and I, I would like to say that I think that um, we are actually way more productive in, when we're happy. So when we take care of ourselves, it's, it's so, it sounds so cliche, right? Like take care of yourself and you'll be able to take care of everybody else. I don't even like that part. Take care of yourself and you're going to put out into the world a lot of good stuff. You're going to put a lot of love, right? Because you're not overwhelmed. And you had mentioned before that you liked that I was, you know, looking at my daughter and then exemplifying taking self-care. But I didn't used to do that. And I had, yeah, I became so overwhelmed that I got sick and couldn't get out of bed. So that's where my deep dive into overwhelm and to anything that can help women came from. Like I developed an autoimmune disease that I still struggle with. So it literally took me not being able to get out of bed not understanding what was happening in my body yeah to be like I am 100% worthy I'm doing nothing just laying in bed yes and so what because I, I kept thinking what's the point of this I can't contribute to the world if I'm laying in bed right and I just had this thought come to my mind the point is so you understand you don't have to do anything. Do we Isn't want to amazing. to improve our human experience? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's about. But you don't have to earn it, right? And so I just don't want people to have to get to that point that they're physically ill because they're trying to live up to church expectations, societal expectations. Yeah. This storm of thoughts and expectations that we have in our mind. I love that. Not necessary. And so what um, can you share with us, you know, how you lead a client who is coming to you in overwhelm? Like yeah. what is your way of um, helping them to create their own sanctuary of self-care, their own sanctuary of, of a red tent? Well, I think first of all is um, education and awareness. So we have to uncover first, what beliefs do they have? Right. And a belief is a thought that you've just gathered a ton of evidence for. So we have to, like, I always consider a box in your mind labeled, whatever. Okay. My beliefs about self-care or whatever. And you've, you know, the more evidence that's in there, the more heavy the box is, the more hard it is to shift to a new belief. Um, but I, we have to uncover those first. So I, you know, I use a self-coaching model, but I also ask a lot of questions. I listen a lot because though this concept is going to apply to everybody, the way that the verbiage in their mind is, the way that they word their thoughts, mm-hmm. their beliefs are different and different thoughts are causing different people, different problems and different beliefs. So we uncover that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, usually this is the most obvious when it's coming up, like how I mentioned that my client was said, I was doing well this week and then I wasn't, and then they shut it down. Yeah. Um, So it's educating them on what's happening. And I ask them, I say, you know, first of all, 
I ask about, and then I also ask about the menstrual component because some people it's not that applicable to. They're like, I just, I'm on birth control. I don't have periods or I'm just not a very emotional person or, um, you know, whatever it is. So that's an element. So we just uncover first, become aware of what's the limiting beliefs and, and take a look at them. And often, as you know, when you're looking at them, they're kind of ridiculous. We're like, I didn't even know I was thinking that. I didn't know I had that expectation. You can't stop living um, an expectation unless you're aware that it exists. I agree. And aware of what problem it's causing in your life. So we look at that. And then we get yeah. creative and curious and we, we practice little by little. Like what's the main one? Let's start there. And um, the self-care component is kind of included with with that but first they really have to understand that th- this is causing a problem for them because it's not about relieving all over women our lives it's about anything and everything we can do to relieve it right so even yeah. if we do a quarter of it or a half of it like that's huge yeah that totally is and so once you do uncover some of their their limiting beliefs then what like what's the next step that then the next step is, well, what do you, how, well, first, you know, you uncover the beliefs and see what it's creating in their lives. Yeah. It's creating not just the feeling of overwhelm, but what is the emotion of overwhelm? Mm-hmm. How do they act when they feel it? And what is it keeping them from doing that they want to yeah. do that they need to do? Because you get stuck right there, right? Overwhelm just shuts you down. Yeah. And so when you can understand that, so just imagine this, if you are like my client and you have a week where everything's going well and one that's kind of harder. And then you're just like, I can't do anything this week. Then you give up. What if every woman understood? Oh, wait. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll be back on track on Thursday because I've been tracking my period so well. And I'm going to take care of myself. How many goals would not be stopped? How many things would we, amazing things would we accomplish just by knowing that? So we look at the result and then we have to be really uh, deliberate about what you want to create and then believing that's possible. So it's, it's a process of awareness and education and um, results and then creating strategies to, you know, get that result that you want. Yeah. Planning for and, obstacles. And it sounds like, like one of the things that, that could be a limiting belief that is an underlying limiting belief is like, it's either all or nothing, right? Like I'm either all yeah. in or what's the point? Like I've right. stopped. So forget it. What's so, so funny. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say what's so funny is that we'll look back and we'll say, um, this always happens to me. And I want to why aren't we saying, well, yeah, cause it's, our cycle. I know. <laughs> but we're saying this always happens to me. I'm not consistent. It's just so funny. As, anyway, if, it's, it's, as if it's a fault versus no, this is just part of like the cycle of life. This is the yeah. cycle of living yeah. is that this is just what happens. I love that is just coming to realize, wait a minute, this has nothing to do with who you are inherently. No. And it's Nothing. so easy as women that we do make it mean something about who we are inherently. Yes. I think a lot of women wake up feeling like anxious and overwhelmed. Yeah. And that just makes me sad. And just, I have so much empathy for that, that I'm like, 
what if we could wake up and know that like everything will fall into place everything's okay um but we don't we wake up with all these expectations and already before we get out of bed we're not enough we've already proved it in our head that we've got so much to do and we probably won't accomplish it um, yeah absolutely and and chances are we probably do have a long list on our to-do list right yeah, yeah sure um, but then i think i think that the question would be is are you making the accomplishment of the to-do list means something about you in like your mm-hmm. own worth, your own level of ability versus I am a mom. I am a woman. I am a daughter. I'm a sister. I am love no matter what. And mm-hmm. I hope I will get these things done. And if I don't. So okay. what? So what? It's fine. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Day two. Yeah. Yep. I sometimes tell my husband what's going on in my head. He's and I'm like, "Do you ever think that?" And he's like, "No, never." <laughs> I'm like, "What is that like? <laughs> what is that like?" I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, "What?" So you know, we just and I, I hate to stereotype, but we just have unique, unique struggles, and the struggle is is real. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I just had a thought that just came into my mind not saying this is doctrine in any way. And you can totally disagree with me on this. And my listeners can disagree with me on this. But sometimes I wonder, actually, this thought just came up, is that they knew, like our heavenly parents knew our capacity. Like we are doers, we want to get it done. Like we, we are doers, like, I just think it's just inherent in us, right. And they also knew that, hey, they need to slow down, or they're going to burn themselves up. So what if a menstrual cycle, like any other cycle is kind of a a downtime season in our life? It's kind of like the winter, right? We just kind of like, you know how we just kind of like hunker down and we just get into our blanket and we get the fireplace on and we watch a movie and we pop some popcorn and we have slippers on and we just don't think about anything. Does that make sense? Like, is that totally, I'm not saying that that is doctrine at all, but I just wonder if, if in their wisdom, they're just like, they need a break. Oh, yeah. And we're not listening. I think if our heavenly parents, something that I've really adopted is <laughs> like, I seriously, I 100% believe if Jesus was sitting next to me, he'd be like, <laughs> can you tell everybody to chill out? Like, just, <laughs> it's like, it's fine. And I think that he would say being human is hard. And I get yeah. that. And this is about an experience. And it's very difficult just existing. Yes. For me, sometimes I feel like just getting through the day, sometimes depending on what's going on, is a win. Like choosing to get up every day and to take care of your kids. And here's another thing I've been thinking of. uh, You keep triggering all these thoughts, but (laughs) is how many women discount what they do just because they do it every day. Mm, And they discount... Yeah, they discount what they do because they're good at it. For instance, um, one time, if if you go on my Instagram, I think I calculated it once, approximately how many meals I cooked for my family. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we not like, man, I'm so amazing. I know. Thousands of meals for my family, but we do it every day. So it's not, you know, whatever. I don't cook every day, by the way, everybody. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm like I love I love that I every time I go through a drive through I'm like how cool is it it's like magic I can pull up and get food for my family good job Jody 
I mean, but it's just so interesting, (laughs) right? Like, you know, I was preparing this webinar recently, as I'm sure Uh you were doing. Um, But, and it is about being an overwhelmed disciple, by the way, by the way, this really means a lot to me, the overwhelmed topic. I love it. Um, And I said out loud, I was like, I didn't get anything done today. And my husband's like, you just created a whole presentation to help a whole bunch of people. And I'm like, yeah, but that's easy for me. And he's like, what does that have to do with it? Hey, there's some wisdom there, right? There is some wisdom. What does there. that have to do with it? Oh my gosh. Okay, that's triggering so many other I know. Do we have time? You guys ready time? for we a five time. hour podcast <laughs> oh episode? <laughs> well, okay, this is the thing. And I okay, let's go back to like you were saying how the things that we do every day we don't give ourselves credit for. Think of how many forks you've washed. Think of how many spoons you've washed. Think yes. of how many plates, cups, sippy cups, bottles, smelly bowls, sippy cups. All of that. Like, well, how many? Yeah, it's crazy. Now think about this. I was recently coaching a client and she turned off her camera. She was nursing at the same time. And she was like, I just feel like I don't do enough. I'm like, you are literally giving nutrients from your body into this child. That's all you're supposed to do. And and this one thing, <laughs> one thing, you're sustaining life. <laughs> like, it's just funny. And one of my favorites is how many I love yous do you think you've said to your children? And how do you measure the impact and stability that provides a human? Because there's yeah. a lot of humans out there who don't have that. Yeah, it has ramifications. So sometimes I have to do. Um, actually, I do this quite a lot. At the end of the day, I add things that I did, and I'm like, "Oh, I did this, and I did," and then I check them off. Um, because you cannot access your own inner power unless you're aware that it's there to begin with. Because you're doing powerful things all the time, with lots yes. of evidence that you're powerful. So if you want to be more powerful, start tracking everything that you do. Yes, yeah, I love it's there. That. So good. And then just also now going to what your, your husband said, where he's like, you just did a webinar. That's enough. Like he's basically saying that's enough. You don't need to prove anymore. Like that's great. Yes. You know, and I think that's the same message that you were talking to, you're saying to your clients, like you're, you're literally keeping this child from dying, like you're giving it sustenance and nutrition from your own body. Yes. From your own body, your body is doing it without you having to like consciously say, okay, now body start creating milk. Like you're not even doing that. It just knows it inherently yes. knows to, yes. and, and that is in itself. But it doesn't count. It doesn't count here. Cause, cause it just happens. Right. I know it's being sarcastic because I know, I know, no, I just, know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, did that come out wrong? No, but it's so true. And, yes. and it really has, and everything that I am saying today has changed my life. Right. Yeah. And, and not everything like will appeal to everybody, but I hope they get one thing because um, it really has changed me to keep track. And, and that goes back to societal um, conditioning, especially religious conditioning, that yeah. that is self um selfish and egotistical 
to keep track of the good things that you do. But I'm telling you, you want to access God's power and your power. That's necessary. Absolutely. I have to agree with you on that. And that, that like I, the scripture that's coming up for me is um, the one, I don't know where it is, but it's the one where even God knows when a sparrow falls. Like he just is that detail oriented, you know, like he sees what you do on a daily basis, whether it's the same thing. If you wake up, you get the kids up, you get their breakfast going, you get their lunch going, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the chips, the juice box, the fruit snack, and then that's it. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you take them to school, you come back, you clean up, and then we do it all over again. Like he, he sees all of that. And that's all sacred to him. Like, how would it not be sacred to him that you are, you are being a mother, whatever that looks like. And maybe it looks like, Hey, I'm going to drop my kid off at the daycare. And then I go to work and I come back and pick him up. We have dinner, we do homework, then we put him to bed. Like motherhood is going to look so different, but that's the whole point is it's meant to look different. And and it all counts. It all counts. And yes, it all counts. And I think another shift that might help people is like that think of yourself as a child. You still have the human privilege of messing up and having love from your parents. Your heavenly parents love perfectly. When you think yes. about your kids, do you only love them and support them and work for them for their benefit when they're accomplishing all day, every day? No. And so when I think about if me as a very imperfect parent unconditionally yeah. loves my children the best that I can yeah. and doesn't expect this, like, you know, them to accomplish everything and be everything and whatever. Yeah. And if you do have those expectations, I have compassion for you. And that's a whole other episode. But, um, but just putting myself in the place of a child, because we are, we're like, dumb toddlers toddling around down here we don't even know even a iota of like what is really going on and that's how our heavenly parents see us they see us as not as dumb toddlers but they see us as like children yes they're trying and i really do believe he would say existing as a human is hard don't add this unnecessary suffering Yes, we. it's the shift from I have to do all this to I don't have to do anything. Therefore, I'm going to do these amazing things because I want to. This is the human yes. experience I want to have, not because I have to do it. I love that. I love that shift from having to, needing to, shooting to, to I want to, and this is my ideal. This is my desire. And, yeah. and just, and, and, and making decisions from, from that place. And so- so as you have gone through your own journey of overwhelm and coming to like really looking inward as to like where that's coming from, how has that, how has that helped you to, I'm trying to think how to, to word this question. How has that helped you to connect with God in a way that mm. you couldn't before? That's a wonderful question. I mean, like I said before, I don't think because I have ADHD as well, it's very hard for my brain to slow down. And I think I needed to be forced to slow down 
mm. to really vote to really see I really am doing so many things that just don't matter or not that they don't matter but they don't are un- they're totally unnecessary yeah and I slowed down long enough to I was forced like people are taking care of me because they had to so I was forced to ask my kids can you bring me this can you bring me that right got it and I don't I have something to say that I I don't know if I do you ever have something you just know that's hard to put into words? Well, I was driving one day during yeah. all of this illness when I was getting used to it. Yeah. And I just had this thought just had such an impact on me. And it was like Christ was watching me. And I felt that in his mind, I already won. Oh, so I, I don't need to be trying to be enough and do my best in all these things because because of him, I've already won and I'm just on this earth to learn. And um, I don't know how to explain how that impacted me, but I was in this place because of having been broken down literally, physically, mentally, and emotionally to being vulnerable and open to maybe thinking of God and Christ in different ways than I wasn't before. And I think that opened me to be able to see that I can't mess this up. And I don't think that's a popular thing to say in religious culture. I can't mess this up. But that is the impression I had. And it was overwhelmed that kind of made me slow down long enough to see that I'm requiring so many things of myself that I don't need to. And I can say no. And I don't need to worry that God's going to be upset or disappointed in me. That's not the way it works. And, um, so it just impacted me in a lot of ways. It made me slow down. It made me really have to think differently and creatively about um, how to live my life, how to take care of myself. And even just like with the brain fog that I have, I have limited brain power. I have limited brain energy. So I had to get really good at what matters most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think it just understanding my own worth that it wasn't tied to anything I do or don't do. I think that granted me more access to the spirit. I think I was being blocked a little bit, a lot, (laughs) because I was just trying to earn it. And that's why I'm not a big fan of, we, I say it all the time too, but your best and enough. Okay. How do you measure what is your best? I wish that phrase would just go away. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's said in church, it's said in society all the time with, with good intention, do your best. I hate it. I hate that. Like, because how do you it's like, measure that? There's no. Way how do you ever that... know? Yeah, you will never meet that expectation. How about we say things instead? What What could we say instead? You know, we could say, like, um, every day you get up and say, "I'm going to have a human experience today." Wonder what it's going to be. I don't need yeah. to prove anything. I don't need to earn anything. I'm excited to see what's coming. I love that because you're coming from a place of curiosity, but you're also inviting Christ to come in and mm-hmm. just surprise you. Yes. I love that too. The way experience. you just worded right? that to surprise you. Yes. And maybe yes. when we're so busy in doing the doing part, we don't leave a gap to let God in mm-hmm. for his miracles and his, and him showing up for us. Mm-hmm. Even though we think we're doing what's right and what we should be doing. Yeah. But the way we're thinking about it is actually keeping us from understanding the whole point. Yeah. Finding that peace that is, is available. 
I love so that. fascinating, right? It's just, it is, it is. And something that this reminds me of something that came up for me a couple of days ago of just, you know, I'm just, is that we, we sense the, the gap and I'm putting this in air quotes gap between us and God. Right. And we're thinking that we have to, mm-hmm. we have to cover the ground to close the gap. Yes. But I was right. thinking, that is what, what we, if we have, yeah, but yeah. I was thinking, well, what if, what if we just let the gap be there and let God feel it? Now that doesn't mean we do, we absolutely do nothing. That's not what I'm saying, no. but it's like inviting him into our life, inviting him and say, I'm going like, I, I love how you said today, I'm going to wake up and I'm a mom. And as a mom, I want to have a human experience. I wonder what's going to happen today mm-hmm. and invite, invite our savior, invite our heaven parents to come in and to fill that perceived gap with their presence. Yeah. Which is already available to us, right? Which is already available. We're not even like earning it. We're just like living this human experience that we all decided to have. That's it. Yeah, that's right. And I think it sounds too simple. And because of our society, the hustle culture, it's, it feels wrong to say, I don't have to do anything to earn this amazing love. And, and you probably already know this and see this in your clients all the time and in yourself that it's when you accept that you don't have to do anything to earn your worth that you give more to the world, actually. Yeah. It, because you're not pressured. You're not with, you don't have cognitive dissonance. You don't have, you don't get stuck because there's flow. Yeah. Oh, I love that word flow. And I remember before I got, um, sick well when I got sick I was laying in bed and I would think how did this happen I was doing what was right Mm. so I was young women's president my husband was in medical residency I had three kids I had a job Um, I had someone I love who was going through addiction I was helping and I literally just got broke (laughs) and I don't know if that's the right word or a good word to use but and so I laid in bed and I was like I was doing everything I was doing what's right air quotes again what you would think like in church, like this is, these are the things that you do to do with, right? Well, yes. clearly I wasn't clearly. I needed to learn to say no. And that there are seasons in our lives mm-hmm. that we all have different abilities and different gifts. And, um, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. Like for instance, the same calling every day for the rest of our lives. There will be times you may need to say, no, there will be times when your calling is your life. I think that our life is our calling. So it, it, I think that that concept of doing what's right needs to be looked at and it can actually contribute to, you know, depending on your beliefs about that. Um, yeah. It led to my overwhelm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to think of it as like, just like you said, dropping into flow, dropping into mm-hmm. your spiritual being and just finding the wisdom in there. Like, what is it asking? What is it wanting to do? Because I just yeah. believe that we we came down to this earth with a spirit that has all the tools we need, all the gifts that we need to to navigate this life, and just dropping into our spirit and asking, okay, what is it? What is it you want to do? 
Yeah. What is the desire that is in there? What's the spiritual desire that I want to manifest out into this universe? Yeah. Cause, and, and what if that's the compass that we're meant to like really follow? Right. And when we understand that we've already won because of Christ, yes. we can't really, oh, and, and our clientele where I'm, I'm speaking, like we're not working with people who just don't care. Obviously the fact that they're listening or that they're getting coaching, they care. So they when care. we say like, you're not going to mess it up, doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. It just means you're good. I think that Christ wants us to proceed in our lives as if we don't have to earn, we just, we already won. Right. And when we fully understand that, we understand that our worth isn't tied to our actions, then we are, it's not that the spirit just comes out of nowhere. It's that that block is away. Is away. Like you, it takes away the block. And I have a, I don't know if this is appropriate or if it's, um, share it. If it will make sense. <laughs> What'd you say? Share it. Come on. Don't <laughs> Do hold it. that. Come on, Joey. No, it's not. It is, it, it is appropriate. But like, as a coach, one thing I, I, I think is the more that we learn to effectively manage our mind and our thoughts, it's like the veil is thinner. And we have like a closeness that is already available to us, a conduit to heaven. But we have to be still and and understand some fundamental things first. You know what? Which is I hard. Can, I, I can testify of that. No, I'm serious. I could testify of so many times where the veil was very thin or removed because I allowed myself to be still. Mm -hmm. And so that is so true. Like so, so true. So I'm, I'm totally there with you. And so one last question. Um, So what does it mean to lead with grace when it comes to, to overwhelm and, and finding space in your life to rest? How do you lead with grace? How are you, how are you defining grace? That's a good question. How would you define it? Well, let's think. I think grace from a Christ-like perspective is giving yourself room to, to mess up confidently. And I think that that's a gift that we've been given. So those are aspects of grace. But I think, you know, now that's coming to me, I think what I said about moving forward, um, knowing with having 100% confidence like Christ has in you, yeah, that you've won. So you don't, you no longer have to try to earn to close that gap, right? Yeah. It's already done. It's already done. done. So I think that if we, that is the grace that is from Christ. And if we can lead with that understanding in our own lives, our human experience is going to be so great. And we can also be a leader by exemplifying that to other people. So I don't know if that made sense, but I think grace is a gift. And the wonderful thing about grace is that it's a gift to us. And then it's um, allows us to be a gift to others too. So I think, I think that's one of the things one ways you one of the ways you could lead with grace knowing you've won yeah and i that totally makes sense to me and i love i love all those words that you're using about that we've won and and that you know he's already filled the gap Mm -hmm. like it's a done deal we don't have to earn any of it i love all of that and so 
if any of my listeners want to get to um, get in contact with you, how can they do that? How can they work with you? You can uh, just go to jodylong.com, J-O-D-Y-L-O-N-G. And then um, I'm on Instagram, Jody Long Coaching. And same thing for Facebook. And you can email me at jody at jodylong.com. But I think the easiest one to remember is jodylong.com. It's pretty, pretty simple. And there's a work with me button and there's other things that you resources you can find there. So that's, that's where I'm at. Thank you so much for getting on here. I mean, I, I just feel like, okay, I have like 20 other questions in my brain, but we're going to end the podcast episode right now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I've, I have been lifted and taught and nourish just, just talking to you during this, this podcast episode and just really like really looking at my own thoughts and how I can really take care of myself without having to justify it. And to know that I am worthy 100% of the time, all the time, no matter what. And so I'm so grateful for that message that um, you are trying to share with other women and with my listeners. So thank you again. And maybe we'll have you on again, Jody. <laughs> That'll be wonderful. Thank you for having me. No problem. Bye. Thank you so much for coming. If you want to learn more about how to confidently navigate your separation and divorce, subscribe to this podcast and get on my email list at heonorthcoaching.com. That's H-Y-O-N-O-R-T-H coaching.com. All links will be found in the show notes. Until next time, take care.